0: us today here on the Steve Schramm Show. Appreciate you deciding to take some time out of your busy life, out of your busy day, and listen in for a few minutes here to the show. This show, as well as uh, every other show that we do here, uh, is sponsored and brought to you by the Creation Academy. You can check out creationcourses.com. That's our website where we sell courses that we create to help you uh, as you... uh, attempt to learn more about and defend god's creation of the world uh, in broad terms we've got lots of new courses coming out we're excited about head over there to creationcourses.com and get plugged into the all access program of course you can buy courses individually but with the all access program you get every current and future course for one monthly price of 34 dollars hope to see you over there creationcourses.com So, I want to give you today what is hopefully going to be a a fairly concise uh, treatment in answer to a kind of question that comes up pretty often when we are discussing important things. And uh, frankly, whether or not we're discussing important things, when things happen to us, when circumstances happen to us in our lives, sometimes. We get into this uh, idea that everything, and I do mean everything, happens for a reason. And I want to talk about that just for a little bit this morning. And really unpack, does everything happen for a reason? If not, what kinds of things happen for a reason? How does that really play out. So, you know, maybe you find yourself right now confused, you know, like about uh, about something tough that's going on in your life, some sort of circumstance that you're facing, something where you just really are not sure that it's so uh, fair, right? You're just not sure that the situation you're in is something you deserve or or you flat out maybe think that you don't deserve it. Maybe you're someone questioning whether God can really use your bad circumstance or situation for the good. Or perhaps you're just looking for a more robust view of the sovereignty of God. So we are going to talk about a few of those things today. And try to get to the bottom of that question. Does everything happen for a reason? Now look, this is a touchy subject, right? Um, I, ha- I am under no delusion that many of you listening are going to disagree with me. And that's fine. Uh, you should not listen to only that which you agree with. Every now and then it's going to be challenged a-, a little bit on what you believe. And that goes for me as well. I would say that the, major- the, 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 the majority of what I listen to and read and consume is people who are arguing or defending views that I don't agree with. Uh, maybe I agree with some of what they teach, but not all of what they teach. And that's okay. So we can foster healthy disagreement, even on significant things. Uh, of course, there are some ultimate things that uh, disagreement on just simply means that you're not a Christian. And so uh, those kinds of things need to be dealt with. But we're not talking about anything like that today. So you may have some differences from me on how I work through this kind of question, but perhaps you'll just hear me out, hear kind of my take on it, and we'll go from there. You know, maybe maybe open you up to to, to some new ideas today. So I want to start out with a story. Just to kind of illustrate this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're with me. Like, I'm sure you, you understand already what I'm talking about here, but I just want to put it in, in, in clearer terms and kind of frame it around a story. So the other day, I went to our local grocery store here in town, and... I needed to pick up, uh, I think some diapers for my son. We had run out and uh, we get those nice little Amazon subscribe and save orders. And the only problem with those is every now and then they run out and you just got to go to the store and buy you some diapers uh, until another one comes in. So uh, anyway, that's what we did. I went there and went to buy some diapers and as I was getting ready to walk into the grocery store, I happened upon, or rather she flagged me down, a lady who I used to attend church with. We recently started going to another church that's a little bit further away from our, our current area, and so uh, this has been pretty recent, and so we used to attend church with this lady, and she's super sweet, her and uh, her, her now late husband, uh, man, I mean, salt of the earth kind of people, just really, really sweet, love the Lord, and so forth. Now, she, it turns out, had broken down. She had broken down. And her car wouldn't start. She flagged me down. There was another young lady standing with her. And it turns out that that was her daughter. Her daughter was there at the same time doing her grocery shopping. And she wasn't sure how she could help in the situation. So she flagged me down. She was hoping she would happen upon a familiar face. And she did. And it was me. Now, turns out that I drive a Prius V, and when you have a hybrid vehicle, you cannot actually jump off other vehicles. You can be jumped off with the battery that's in the back, but the battery um, it, it does not have the capacity to jump off. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't have the capacity. It's, it's not good for the battery. It can actually ruin the main electric battery of the car if you try to jump off another car using it, you run into problems, so, so you cannot jump off a vehicle using a hybrid vehicle, in, in most cases, at least in my case, and so it wouldn't work, so I, you know, I kindly, you know, I explained that to her, I said, look, you know, I'd love to help you, but I, I don't, I don't really have any way to offer my assistance here, and so there's a lot going on there, but she said during the course of the incident, I know that everything happens for a reason. So, you know, God will get this figured out. You know, we will figure this out. Everything happens for a reason. And it just got me thinking a little bit, really, about that. Did her car fail to start in that parking lot for a reason? Now, that's a a really interesting question. One that I I frankly don't know that I know the answer to in this particular case, which I guess is part of my larger point. But it would appear to me that some things do happen for a reason. But it's not clear to me that indeed all things happen for a reason. So... Let me kind of give you some notes of mine that I, I wrote down, some thoughts, uh, and then we'll return to that question of, is it some things, is it all things? We'll try to put a button on this. So there's a couple phrases that I want to look through. Obviously, does everything happen for a reason in general, but I want us to step back just for a moment and think about another thing that we often hear and whether or not it's true. Everything God does is for our good and for his glory. Everything God does is for our good and for his glory. Now, there's uh, no passage in the Bible which states that in these kinds of words, although it would appear to be the general Theme of Scripture. One of the general themes, I should say, in Scripture. I'm not sure if there's anybody who would disagree with me there. And there are different things throughout Scripture which illustrate that. Lazarus in John 11, when Jesus heard uh, the news that Lazarus was dead, Jesus said, No, wait a minute, he's only sleeping, and this thing has been done so that the Son of Man might be glorified. Alright, so this whole incident with Lazarus and his family and all of that was ultimately for the purpose of bringing God glory. Of course, one also argues that it was for the good. It was for the good of the family. It was for the good of many people involved that strengthened their faith, no doubt. It was for the good of the grand purposes of Jesus' mission on earth. Uh, because it served the purpose of illustrating through a miraculous event that Jesus Christ was indeed who he claimed to be the Son of God. And so that would be good for all of those who were uh, there and had a willing heart to accept that truth and deal with it. Now, another example in scripture might be Joseph in Genesis uh, 37 through 50. We see the story of this man, Joseph, who was treated in a very ill manner by his own family, and yet every step along the way where you could just see the sovereignty of God just just weaving a beautiful picture in the life of Joseph, everything that we could see here ends up being for the good of those people and for the glory of God. And as a matter of fact, one of the culminations uh, or the culmination of that story is when Joseph says, you guys, talking to his brothers, meant it for evil, but God, in fact, meant it for good. And that kind of speaks to multiple layers here. There is a sense in which both uh, the brothers of Joseph committed these acts, and God allowed them to happen. There's some measure of responsibility there in both cases. And The question is, what is that measure of responsibility? So we see in this story that God has the ability to work through the, what I think are free, in a sense— choices of creatures to accomplish a will that is able to transcend the purpose of the creatures which accomplished the actual actions. And so that's what we see in the case of Joseph's brothers. We see something that they were ill intent to do, and God used that scenario for the greater purposes of his own. And So I think that's an important consideration here. Now, you know, does this mean, okay, that every tiny little thing that happens indeed happens for God's greater purposes? Does God have a purpose for each and every little situation that happens or do some things just happen? And so this is where we get into the theological weeds a little bit. Now, let me say something before I move any further. I am going to table the issue of soteriology, soteriology, excuse me, for the purpose of this podcast. I'm tabling the issue of soteriology for the purposes of this podcast. In fact, I'm not going to mention much more at all about it other than to say this. If you want to know about my view of that, I'm going to link you to a post I wrote called Resistance is Futile. Or is it? Resistance is Futile. Or is it? I will link you to that in the show notes. You can check out what I think about my soteriological view. So I am not going to be dealing with that you might be surprised to find out how my view plays out. So you can check that out on your own time if you wish. But I don't want to get into the soteriological woods on this particular episode. That's not the goal. But there is a little bit of a theological issue that we can't avoid, really, if we're going to talk about this issue. And that has to do with the... General idea of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Now we have options here. Broadly speaking, we have some form of determinism and we have some form of libertarianism. Okay, now there's a lot to this discussion, a lot more than we have time to talk about here, and frankly, a, a lot more that I don't understand about it. I mean, I have a lot more study to do on this, but I've done a fair amount to this point. Yeah, so uh, have some basic uh, thoughts about it. Broadly speaking, there are two very common reconciliations to this issue. Um, one view is generally held by reformed folks, by some would call them Calvinists. The other is held by some Calvinists, uh, some Arminians, etc. And it is dubbed Molinism. So we have compatibilism, which is kind of the reformed, view for the Reformed person who wants to still affirm a measure of human responsibility and free will. Now, there are theological determinists, okay, underneath of the idea of determinism. That is, everything is exhaustively determined by God. And then uh, you have those who want to affirm a measure of free will, and they would be called compatibilists, okay? And then on the other side, you have one who may be theologically Reformed, they may theologically be Arminian, and they uh, typically like to use the the uh, Molinism solution on this other side of the aisle. Now, there are some who who have a view called Open Theism, and we're not going to go into that. That's not my view. It, it, it's uh, frankly, I don't think it's biblical at all. There are some who disagree with me, uh, but I, I don't want to get into those kinds of discussions. So I want to talk mainly about compatibilism and molinism with respect to this kind of thing. Now, compatibilism is a form of free will that assumes determinism. In fact, that's what it means. So to the thesis is that uh, free will is compatible with determinism. And so that is what it um, entails. Now, on this view, a person is free to do as he is most inclined. That is, it's the freedom of inclination. He is free to choose as he most desires, but he's not free to choose what he most desires. So a person is determined according to a particular path of uh, of desire, of inclination, but they were never able to choose otherwise on this particular understanding. Okay, so that's the difficulty. That's the difficulty. It's a, a, a version of free will that assumes determinism, and so I argue that it's really unhelpful. I, I don't really think that it accomplishes uh, much at all, if I'm just going to be completely frank with you. So that's the thesis of determinism. Now on Molinism, the general thesis would be that God had awareness, even before he chose to create the world that we live in, God had awareness of exactly what every person would do given any particular set of circumstances. On Molinism, we would have limited libertarian free will. Now We don't have complete libertarian free will because we can't just choose to do things um, that are inconsistent with our nature or might not be within the range of options in a given amount of time. But on this limited libertarian free will view, we do have the ability to make genuine choices that are within a range of options available to us and are consistent with our own nature. So this would be the difference between any measure of libertarian freedom and compatibilistic freedom. On compatibilistic freedom, one is free to do according to those inclinations, but he has no choice in the matter. He will do it. On Molinism, one does have a choice consistent with his nature and within a limited range of options. And so, maybe an example of that would be that I I could not just choose to jump 50 feet in the air because that's outside of my nature. I'm not a person with a nature such that I could jump 50 feet in the air without some sort of uh, mechanism of some sort that would help me do that. However, I could make the choice to jump two feet or even three feet in the air. Both of those options are consistent with my nature, and they are both options. Now, the compatibilist, compatibilist wants to say that I, indeed, If I jumped three feet, well, I didn't have any other choice to do so. It was apparently my most desired uh, choice. I jumped three feet because it was according to my most desire, and I had no genuine ability to choose to jump two feet instead. However, unlimited libertarian freedom, which is the thesis that is affirmed by Molinists, I do have a genuine choice to choose between two feet or three feet because both of those options are within a legitimate range of options that are consistent with my nature. My nature is such that I could jump two feet or three feet given whichever one I choose to do. I am not determined to do one or the other. Now, that is a very, very broad, very, very genuine, general uh, uh, take on the difference between compatibilism and Molinism. There's so much more nuance, so much more detail, and if you are somebody who's aware of that nuance and detail, don't write me saying, boy, you just missed the whole thing, because I really don't think I missed the general point there. Uh, It's just there is a lot more to it that could be discussed and has been discussed in other uh, situations. So, Generally speaking, that is the way that we could conceptualize our ability to choose. Now, let me give you some examples here, and then we're going to kind of try to wrap this all up, all right? Make it understandable. So, if I get toenail fungus, does that happen for a reason? (laughs) just think about it. If I get toenail fungus, does that happen for a reason? Or how about this example? If my, if my child pops his balloon at his birthday party, did that happen for a reason? Or maybe I should just say it like this. If my child's balloon popped at a birthday party, did that happen for a reason? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by reason. In this case, I'm, I'm thinking of an ultimate reason. Was there an ultimate reason for my getting toenail fungus? Was there an ultimate reason that my child's balloon popped at his party? Now, neither of these things has happened. I do not have toenail fungus, and that I can recall... Um, a balloon has not popped at my child's birthday party. Well, it might have, but I I, I don't remember specifically. Okay, Uh, I definitely don't have toenail fungus and never have. So, does one or both of those happen for a reason? It's not clear to me that God would have any reason for me to get toenail fungus or for my child's balloon to pop at the party uh, in most cases. Um... I am, am, am not aware of that. But what if when I went to the doctor for my toenail fungus, the, the work that was done brought clarity around a larger problem that uh, was discovered? And indeed, that larger problem was something that in two to three years might have manifested as something that was in fact life-threatening. Now, here's why I say this, all right? Because I want to make, make a clear distinction here. It seems that only matters of significance, good or bad, quote, happen for a reason, unquote. So, one would probably never say, after dealing with an ordeal, of toenail fungus that just happened and then it got cleared up and everything else was fine and it didn't seem to affect anything else in life, one would probably not say to that, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. But then, in another scenario, the person who gets toenail fungus and then finds out that indeed something incredibly, um off was going on with his health and it needed to be corrected because otherwise he could have been dead in two or three years, would likely thank God and said, man, that toenail fungus happened for a reason. So do you see the difference there? It seems to me that only matters of significance in the way that people understand it happened for a reason. Okay. Now, In Scripture, we do see God positioning folks for his use and orchestrating certain circumstances for his glory. But here's what I want to get to. It does not follow that God, therefore, causes every little thing to happen. Indeed, if you have a hangnail or a toenail fungus, okay, It may, in fact, just be because of prior choices that you made. Choices to do something where you did not take care of your health uh, in a certain way, etc. So certain choices that you make or do not make certainly affect the later outcome of things. But we cannot deny that if God chooses to, he can use that scenario to help a larger problem, or to, I don't want to say to help a larger problem, he can use that scenario to accomplish his grand purpose. So God works through the free actions of creatures. But, again, we can't just say that we have some sort of ultimate freedom, some sort of what could be called hard libertarianism. We don't have that because we can't make choices that are inconsistent with our nature or outside of, an, of the range of options that we legitimately have available to us, okay? So we have soft libertarianism or, like I've called it, limited libertarian free will, this kind of thing. And so we are free to make the choices that we make. And God is free to orchestrate circumstances such that they are used for his purposes. Here, here's maybe a practical um, I- example of this. On Molinism, God is aware, logically prior to creating a world, of what people would do in different situations. So it could be that the toenail fungus situation is uh, just what it is, but... A different doctor could have been in that day to examine you who would not have had the experience to notice the other problem that was found, which resulted in learning that you would be dead in two or three years from this other problem. So thus God understood from before the beginning of time that someone would need to be in that situation, looking at you on that day, who did have the experience to notice that problem. So in this scenario, we see how the beauty of God's sovereignty comes to be manifested, and we see how God can use circumstances To his will, that uh, and to accomplish his purposes that otherwise might have been considered only trivial. Now, of course, God's ultimate ends are being accomplished. Sometimes uh, He does use our own decisions and circumstances uh, and everything like that in the life of a believer. And uh, these circumstances, whatever they are, are producing a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians 4.17. Indeed, some things do work out that way, and all things really do work out that way, because they are producing something in us that is greater if we know Christ. But let's understand that it really doesn't seem plausible to me that everything, I mean everything, happens for a reason. So let me suggest a new aphorism, if I may. I'm sure this won't catch on, but I'm going to start using it, and we'll go from there. God will use my circumstance if he purposes to do so. God will use my circumstance if he purposes to do so. And you know what? Next time I find myself in a situation where it seems un- productive. It seems like just another thing. That's going to be my prayer. God, if you purpose to do so, please use this circumstance for my good and for your glory. Now that's a prayer I can get behind rather than just vaguely saying, well, you know, everything happens for a reason because you know what? Sometimes bad things just happen. They happen in virtue of a fallen world, but they just happen. God is under no obligation to use every bad thing that happens to you for a specific purpose and circumstance. Again, realizing that everything is done to work in us a more exceeding and eternal way of glory, okay? We are looking forward to that day when we see that every single little thing that we've been to has gone to uh, accomplish that ultimate purpose, But when we say that everything happens for a reason, what people mean is that following after that, something else is going to be affected as a result of what happened. Now, that could be true. That could not be true. In the case of the person who I ran into at Food Lion uh, that day, I do not know if God used that circumstance for his greater purposes in the life of that woman or in the life of me or in the life of somebody else uh, who that situation affected but he could but he absolutely could So maybe not everything happens for a reason But in fact, God will use our circumstances if he purposes To do so so I hope that helps if you disagree with me there tell me how I'm, I'm, I'm totally open to that uh, We didn't get into the whole soteriological thing and that's good because I didn't want to uh, do check out that article though that I wrote on the situation I'm going to put it in the show notes. And uh, again, I didn't even give you a whole, uh, you know, real good understanding of Molinism. That's something that is uh, is is t- picking up steam a little bit in the church. And uh, there are those who are not happy about that. And personally, I find that it's just a, a, a detailed way of understanding a view that a lot of people already hold. Uh, I know I c- came to it basically saying, oh, okay, well, this is what I already believe. But I see now how it makes more sense. So... Um, So I am a Molinist, uh, and if you're not, well, that's okay. I love you, and uh, you're free to disagree with me on that. But uh, thank you for taking your time to, to listen anyway. Hey, let's say a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, and thank you so much for your revelation to us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace in our lives. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we serve a God who can use our circumstances to accomplish his purposes. God, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us in every little thing. Lord, we know that you are not blind to us. Lord, you see us in our circumstances, even if they just happened, even if there's no greater purpose in our lives in the immediate or in the future, Lord, for certain things that happen. God, we could take heart in knowing that your ultimate purposes will be achieved through those things and Also, Father, we can take comfort in knowing that you have the utter ability to make situations happen, to change things in the course of our lives that are a result of those circumstances that we face. We love you, and we uh, appreciate that we serve a sovereign God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to thank you guys so much again for joining us this week. Super, super excited to talk a little bit about this and maybe shed some light on it. Next week, uh, Lord willing, we are going to have an interview that I have been looking forward to for some time now with Mike Behe. Dr. Michael Behe, who's got a recent book out called Darwin Devolves. We're going to talk about that next week. And I'm so excited. You know, he's the author of Darwin's Black Box and uh, also The Edge of evolution and these have just been some great books in the uh intelligent design movement so we're super excited to have him on lord willing, that is going to take place next week so be on the lookout for that all right i hope you guys have a great week we'll see you next time